Welcome to The Breakdown with James Lankford, where Oklahoma Senator James Lankford discusses policy issues in Congress. Thank you for listening today. This is The Breakdown. Well, welcome to The Breakdown with Senator James Lankford. I am in D.C. today with Philip, who is on our staff, who is a Tulsan, uh, who is super smart and works through a lot of the issues of disaster recovery issues, and we're breaking down a hard issue and trying to make it more simple. And today we're working timely as it may be in Oklahoma with disaster recovery and FEMA and Corps of Engineers and trying to be able to break down the what next on this. Uh, It's not hard for us to be able to look around or see any news uh, or just talk to neighbors or relief organizations to be able to see what's really happened in Oklahoma. Uh, This spring we haven't had large long track tornadoes but we have had extensive flooding and we've had quite a few small tornadoes uh, that have come through the state. And while we as a state are used to talking about small tornadoes, it's not a small tornado if it hits your town and if it hits your house, uh, it's a major disaster. And the flooding that has occurred, especially in the northeast part of the state and the far eastern uh, half of our state, has been very, very significant. So much so that we now have 17 of our counties that are listed as a major disaster. And while we, we all talk about what's going on. It's real life, uh, and it's real people, and it's real families, whether it's a, uh, a trailer park that was hit in uh, and some mobile homes in El Reno uh, where we had loss of life there and exceptionally difficult injuries uh, that actually happened there in a very, very difficult situation. But fantastic engagement from the local community and first, responder, uh, first uh, responders. Uh, to be able to help those families or whether it was major flooding uh, all through the east whether it be in sand springs or weber's falls or muskogee or on and on and on we can go through the eastern side of the state all on the arkansas and neosho and illinois rivers we know that we've had major storms we're responding as we typically do as oklahomans Uh, we help out each other Uh, i uh, jokingly sat down with the fema uh, acting director just last week and talked to him about in oklahoma we have a term that we call faith fema Uh, that faith FEMA gets there long before FEMA ever arrives. Uh, But we know that uh, our churches and our local communities are the first ones to always engage and our neighbors are engaging. But then the hard technical question comes right after that. What is the federal response and what does disaster really look like? So Philip's been very engaged in this, as well as several other members of my staff and myself, uh, as we have toured around the state. uh, And we've also had the opportunity to be able to visit a lot with FEMA and Corps of Engineers to be able to figure out what's next. I would tell you our governor's doing an exceptional job uh, walking through this on the uh, state level. Here's what it really looks like on the federal level and how we can get a chance to be able to walk through that. Uh, the first of the issues is what's called a declaration process, uh, where an area is actually declared a, an, an emergency declaration. Philip, I want you to jump in. How does that actually happen? This is kind of the lowest level first response. The storm basically just went through and there's an emergency declaration. What happens with that? Yeah, definitely. So these are decisions that are made at the state level. Um, You know, the the governor starts by obviously realizing that a disaster did occur. Um, From that point forward, um, FEMA brings in um, a team to do what they call a preliminary damage assessment. And what they do is they take a look at all the damage that that happened throughout the course of the disaster, and then they uh, create a report and send that to the governor. The governor then um, takes a look at that report and decides, you know, what the best path forward is going forward for for these efforts. Um, And that will either result in an emergency declaration request or a major disaster declaration request. And that request is sent directly to the president, who then grants that request. um, And then that request um, 
uh, unlocks different federal assistance programs um, that impact both families, people on the ground, and then obviously uh, mun- municipalities and, and town and infrastructure projects. Yeah, so the, but the emergency declaration is usually pretty rapid. Uh, so when that comes down from the White House, it's pretty quick on an emergency declaration. It is getting more information for a major disaster declaration. That can take, as we have seen, weeks in the process as they get on the ground to be able to look at it. Uh, there are federal folks in FEMA, but there's also local folks uh, that are engaged in FEMA, both folks that are in Oklahoma, but they also preposition a lot of resources in Fort Worth. And a lot of folks don't know that. Uh, when FEMA gets there quickly with disaster aid and with a team to be able to set up or to send out generators or to be able to send out basic equipment for water systems and such, they're actually responding from Fort Worth. Uh, not from Washington, D.C. Right. And, uh, and so that makes a big difference just to the speed. Or sometimes when there's a big uh, forecast that's happening where they expect there to be a lot of tornadoes, most folks don't know that FEMA has those uh, resources in Fort Worth. They literally take trucks and trailers and they drive them to Oklahoma and they park to see if the tornadoes actually come that day. If the tornadoes don't come, great. They drive them right back to Fort Worth and sit there. But if they do come through, the response can be much faster because FEMA is actually moving to pre-position those resources uh, before the storm ever actually hits. Definitely. Yeah, it's been incredible to witness all the collaboration that occurs um, between, you know, people on the ground in Oklahoma versus FEMA here in D.C., but they also have boots on the ground in Oklahoma. And, And FEMA's overall goal is really to serve the state. They're not coming into the state and talking about this is what you need to be doing. They are listening to the state and the state is saying, hey, we need your help with this. And FEMA takes that and then runs with it. Yeah, the other thing that that people need to know is FEMA is not insurance. Right. Uh, The best thing you can have in a flood is flood insurance. Mm -hmm. And most homeowners don't have flood insurance, but there is no substitute for that. If you have a water pipe break in your house... Uh, that was actually internal to your house, your homeowner's insurance is going to cover that. If you have a river rise up and flood through your house, it does not cover that. Uh, That is a natural disaster flood, and you have to have flood insurance to actually be able to cover that. So for homeowners right now that have flood insurance, they're covered. They're working their way through the policies. For people that did not have it, obviously they're mudding out their homes and trying Mm -hmm. to be able to get all those things cleared as normal. Uh, but FEMA stepping in in a major disaster, and as I mentioned before, there's 17 counties right. now in the state that are listed as major disaster. They'll step in and do what's called individual assistance, mm-hmm. as well as, as you would mentioned before and alluded to, public assistance. So there's right. two different areas. Public assistance uh, comes first, uh, and that engages with municipalities, as you mentioned, with the county government, with the state government, trying to provide some grants to them to say, if you've got to rebuild roads, if you're going to need that, if you're doing infrastructure, you're going to need that. But it's really a lot of it. It's overtime pay. Mm-hmm. Uh, for first responders, uh, the basic equipment that's going to be on the ground to be able to help a local community respond. But the expectation is from FEMA, local communities are doing their own preparation. Don't expect the federal government to come right in like the cavalry. Uh, Local entities need to be able to take care of disasters as much as they can to be able to prepare for those, what they call mitigation, uh, before the storm actually occurs. Uh, But then they'll walk in and say, okay, we're going to help like cover some of the gaps in things. Uh, and that would include things like trying to just help in transportation, trying to help in some of the overtime costs and such. That's the public assistance side. A lot of folks don't see that, but that's that's the one of the biggest aspects. But most folks that have talked to me have asked about the second layer in right. those major disaster areas, and it only is true in the 17 major disaster area counties right now, and that's individual assistance. Tell me a little bit about that, Philip. Yeah, definitely. So what individual assistance does is provide you know families and individuals with the immediate needs um, that are immediate resources to meet the needs that they have right now. So 
Um, so what we're talking about is is things like re- reimbursement for hotels, um, you know, temporary sheltering solutions, um, repairs to primary residences. Um, so it's not so much, um, you know, home improvement by any means. That's not it at all. Right. But it's about, you know, just making those those repairs that that were damaged from the storms. Um, and then you can also get some funds for for childcare if needed or medical expenses that that were incurred because of the disaster so it's really a kind of a catch-all program to to help people get back up on their feet but um, it, do, it doesn't apply in every place in the state or to correct. every person correct. Uh, but it only applies in those 17 major disaster declaration counties and those individuals it's not automatic to them and it's not full uh, so there's a maximum on it. Do you remember what the maximum yeah, is? Yeah, it's it's uh, thirty four thousand nine hundred is the maximum amount that you can receive through individual assistance. But most folks don't receive uh, that full amount of thirty four thousand nine hundred. You, you may say I have bills for thirty four thousand nine hundred, but there's a formula that goes in again because the FEMA assistance is designed to basically basically help you as a stopgap in between. Exactly. Uh, it's not insurance. It's not going to try to. You're not going to say, well, I have a two hundred thousand dollar home and had a full loss, so I'm guaranteed. The thirty-four thousand nine hundred dollars—that's right. not necessarily true. Exactly, it's not a substitute whatsoever. And Senator, you alluded earlier to to what you call faith FEMA, and that's such a great term because you know volunteer agencies and nonprofits are really the first people that are on the ground immediately following a disaster, and the work that they do to help families recover immediately is is, is incredibly significant and should not go unnoticed. Um, and then after that, you should obviously consult directly with your insurance company. Um, they're, they're, they're the first um, stopgap with this. Yep. And then following that is when uh, FEMA assistance can, get, can, can start to get involved. So let me throw some numbers uh, at people. If they've not seen them already, they should. And mm-hmm. if people have questions or do I qualify or am I in the Rock County and where do I go next, there's some easy numbers. The first one's just 211 on your phone. And I right. know for some people they're like, that's not a real number. It is. 211 is an information number. There's two things you can do on that. If you if you want to call 211 and say, my family wants to volunteer, we want to be able to help, or my company has resources that we could come in and help with and to be able to volunteer and give, you can call the 211 number and get involved and say, I want to help, what, what can I do? And they can help direct you. The 211 number also is a number that you can just, if you remember that, uh, and say, I can't remember the other numbers for FEMA or for the state, give me those numbers. They can also help you provide that. Here are the other numbers, though. If you if you only remember two one one, you can get it from that. But if you want to get the direct number for FEMA, uh, if you're interested in the individual assistance and you're in those counties, uh, it's just one eight hundred six two one FEMA F E M A one eight hundred six two one. That's three three six two. You can call that number and start a file. But FEMA is also setting up offices in those major disaster counties. In fact, they've already set two of those up uh, where they'll have temporary office space where people can physically walk in and say, you know, here's my Social Security number. Here's my information. Let me get started. Start what they call a case number, a file number, and say, I want a FEMA case number that we can set up and get me open and then start this process. Right. Um, FEMA just announced um, two locations that that will be opening up today. Um, in both Sand Springs and Fort Gibson areas. Um, Sand Springs will be at the Case Community Center, and then Fort Gibson will be at Fort Gibson High School. Um, these, are, these are what they call disaster recovery centers, um, and they will be your one-stop shop um, to, to get your questions answered and to get registered for FEMA. 
Um, in addition, you can also just go to disasterassistance.gov, and uh, and you can get all the forms to, to start to register for individual assistance um, through that avenue as well. Yeah, man. While I'm throwing stuff around, obviously just the FEMA.gov, G-O-V, mm-hmm. is a website you can go and you can be able to find it there. In Oklahoma, there's also damage.ok.gov, damage.ok.gov. That's got the information on it as well to be able to go through that. And if you don't remember any of this and you want to be able to just get to the information, we put it all up on our our website, langford.senate.gov. We have a form that's just a storm recovery assistance form that has all the numbers, all the websites, everything on it as far as the details, what to be able to bring with you if you're going to get individual assistance from FEMA, uh, the listing, what to do if you're struck by a tornado, uh, what to do about uh, SNAP if you have housing uh, or food assistance that you have received in the past and it's gone bad, what to be able to do. I mean, we've got all kinds of questions that we try to be able to answer on this basic recovery assistance form. You can just get that at langford.senate.gov. And, uh, and you can download it there or just call our D.C. office or one of our Oklahoma offices and we'll email it over to you. We want to try to get as much information as you can because it's exceptionally complicated uh, when you go through this process of do I qualify for individual assistance? What do I need to have? And for a lot of folks, they'll say all the paperwork that I need is in the house that just got struck by the tornado or that's in the place that just got flooded out. How do I get that information? You can contact FEMA. They're, they're very aware of that. Obviously, they've worked through that process before. FEMA is fairly rapid. Once they get the process going for individual assistance, it's usually only a couple of weeks before they can actually cut a check for that amount. Uh, FEMA, we're just a few days into them setting up their offices, and they've already written checks for over a million dollars on individual assistance uh, back to homeowners in Oklahoma, and that number will continue to climb every single day as they're working through it. I want to shift a little bit, though, because the individual assistance, that 34000 900. I've had folks, especially folks that are affected by the flood damage, not so much the the tornado, because that's a one-time event. But if it's a repetitive damage location, like it is in some of the flood areas along the Arkansas, I've had some folks say they've heard about FEMA buyouts, Mm -hmm. where they'll come in and just say, we're going to buy this whole property out. Uh, That true or not true? Does that happen sometimes? Very true. Um, You know, it's something that does happen, and it's a great resource to pursue for properties that are in a repetitive loss area. So, if your property was flooded maybe in the 1986 floods right. um, and it's flooded again, you know, you might be interested in looking at a buyout. Um, an important thing to note about the buyout is um, it's completely voluntary. This is not the government coming in, claiming eminent domain on your property. It, it's purely voluntary. Um, and those conversations start at the local level. Um, so, so the best thing that you can do going forward if you're interested in that is start those conversations with your local emergency managers, with your neighbors, and and start to talk about that um, because it, it really is a great resource going forward. It, it's a great resource for you um, and then a great resource for, for taxpayers as well right. instead of continuing to pour mitigation dollars into recovery efforts. Yeah, and the goal is for the for the government, for insurance companies, for everybody else to say, if this was damaged before and it's damaged again, it's likely going to be damaged a third time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know it's frustrating for homeowners. They look at it and say, my property values are shot because now I've been in a flood. What do I do on it? If, if it, It's usually not an individual house, but it's often a group of homes that are together or a right. group of businesses together and that they'll agree and say, we just need to see if we can't get a buyout. Working with local leaders, your mayor, your city managers, uh, the Office of Emergency Management that's local to you to be able to make that decision. They then make the request to the state. The state then has to allocate those mitigation dollars and work with FEMA because the federal government, FEMA, has a portion of it. The state has a portion of it, but the decision is made locally. 
Has this been done before? Absolutely it has. In fact, in the city of Bixby, uh, there are areas that flooded out in the 1986 flood that the city of Bixby made the decision, we're going to try to do buyouts of these areas. And sometimes when you drive through Bixby, you'll see green space or drainage area, and you'll think, gosh, it's right in the middle of town. wonder how that happened. Well, actually, if people have been around Bixby long enough, they know that used to be homes right there. Mm -hmm. But because those homes right in the middle of town flooded in the 86 flood, they did a buyout on those homes cleared that space. Now the city maintains that property right. and its grassy area and drainage area, uh, but that's no longer a home that's going to actually be destroyed. And sure enough, in the flooding that came up, the water came right up in those same areas again this time, but they didn't go into homes. They went to drainage features, and that's a whole lot easier to be able to clean up than it is somebody's house. Right. And, be able to drainage feature, and a lot cheaper and better for everybody in the process. So if you're interested in a buyout, going to local leaders and going to your neighbors to have that conversation to say, maybe we need to consider this and to be able to figure out what to do. Because they're probably not going to buy one or two homes out and leave the rest in the neighborhood that are there that have been flooded. Because they're going to want to know, okay, we've got some unity here right. uh, to be able to go through this process because there'll be some paperwork. Also know that a buyout is not like individual assistance. Individual assistance happens very quickly uh, from FEMA. A buyout is a longer process. Mm -hmm. In fact, in Bixby in 1986, it took three years to be able to go through the buyout process. Now, um, I've already started the conversation with the governor, with local leaders, uh, with FEMA in conversation to be able to say we should consider this and to be able to look at this. So we're hoping to be able to go faster on this, but it is a longer process because it involves a lot more people and a lot of really big decisions. But if that is a consideration for you, please engage with your local mayor, your local city manager, uh, your local office of emergency management to say, hey, what is it that we can do uh, to consider this process? And another important thing to note about that is the uh the rate is determined at a pre-disaster rate, so you're right. not being um, given a quote on on what your home is worth post-disaster. It's pre-disaster. Right. So let me just bounce a couple uh, numbers off here real quick, and I, and I hope this is helpful to be able to walk through. You know, what is a disaster declaration? What's a major disaster? What's individual assistance? What's public assistance? It all gets confusing in a hurry. But again, you mm -hmm. can go to our website, langford.senate.gov. And we've got a fact sheet that will walk through all the process, cleanup, how you can help, veterans assistance, people that have currently assistance from SNAP programs, different types of assistance that may be available, all the phone numbers we have listed there. Uh, you can download those and get all the details. If you want to help your neighbors, go help your neighbors. Uh, go get engaged. There's lots of folks that are donating to American Red Cross. Samaritan's Purse is on the ground. Uh, Catholic Charities of Eastern Oklahoma are extremely engaged. Baptist Disaster Relief is very engaged. Mm -hmm. There's lots of organizations that are out there. Go volunteer with one of those organizations because with flooding and with tornadoes, it's not a weekend and then everything's better. It's months of cleanup and of help and of people that uh, had some help at the very beginning when everyone noticed it, and now it's a month later and they still need help right. uh, because they lost everything. And right. so there's going to be lots of folks that are going to need help for a long time. So neighbors taking care of neighbors, there is no substitute for that. Correct. Uh, but if you need uh, answers to questions about FEMA and about individual assistance, feel free to be able to contact our office. We'll try to be able to help in every way we can. We have set aside one of our staff members in Oklahoma, her name is Paula, that she is focused on trying to be able to help people with FEMA applications uh, when there's a problem and when there's an issue. Uh, so if any anything comes up and we can help from our office, we're going to help you navigate through the complexity of disaster relief. Definitely. You know, the, the damages might just now be seen, but this process is far from over. So we are here to help you. Yep. We, and we will walk through the process uh, with families as they go through. So I hope this answers questions, whether you're affected by disaster or not. Everyone's asking the question right now, what is FEMA going to do? What's the federal government going to do? What's the state going to do? 
everybody has a part in this yeah. process. Uh, in fact, when you get into major disaster declaration, the FEMA pays 75% of it, the state pays 25% of it. Mm-hmm. So everybody's got skin in the game and obviously the folks that are affected by it, it's pretty significant. Simple answer is if you run into folks that they say, what do I do, where do I go, what numbers do I call? Just remember langford.senate.gov and we've got the fact sheet. You can download it there and get all of the numbers, all the names, all of the websites to be able to go in any direction they need to go to be able to get help and whatever it may be. I hope this breakdown of disasters uh, is helpful in this dialogue, uh, but I hope we're also taking care of our neighbors and you're taking the opportunity to be able to pray for some neighbors around you and to, and to, and to help them in a practical way uh, because they desperately need it. Philip, thanks for joining. Thanks for all the work. You're doing a lot of behind-the-scenes work. A lot of folks will never get to meet you that you're helping a lot on the disaster recovery and coordinating with FEMA and with our state leaders behind the scenes, and so I appreciate your work on this. Yeah, no, thank you for having me on. Nope, glad glad for you to be able to be on the team. This is another breakdown. Uh, we'll keep trying to take some of the complicated issues of the day and breaking it down into simpler form, hopefully having some practical helps uh, along the way in the process. So thanks for listening. Any way we can help again, feel free to contact us, langford.senate.gov.